This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And here we are with another grassroots marketing on cannabisrio.com. My guests at this time are the co-founder and CSO and the co-founder and CEO of Sana Packaging. I'm here with James Eichner and Ron Bassick-Smith. Ron and James, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So one of the things you wanted to bring to our attention is a current cannabis packaging trend about biodegradable plastics and are they actually sustainable? So in the information I got, uh, there was a mention of how that many are beginning to use biodegradable plastics as a sustainable solution to single-use plastics. Sauna packaging is not and so I want to just take a little bit of background that was given to me about the sustainability of biodegradable plastics. You mentioned that the additives break down into microplastics. They're not ideal for landfills because you release methane, which is a greenhouse gas 23 times more potent than carbon dioxide. And biodegradable, biodegradable plastics aren't necessarily more sustainable than traditional when the whole life cycle of the material is being taken into consideration. So, yeah, the grading of the product... We're talking about how what, what it could release in terms of is, if it's put into landfills, and there are still plastics along plastic. So, uh, James or Ron, whichever one of you want to go and start, talk to me about this reason for not using biodegradable. What brought this along? Is it more of a cost-cutting measure? Take me into that. Yeah, I can, um, I can let Ron answer the, the meat of the question, but um, I would love to just start out by saying that uh, when when you look at sustainability, at the end of the day, it's it's really all about trade-offs. So there's no perfect material, there's no silver bullet. So um, every type of sustainable packaging you look at, or sustainability in general outside of packaging, it's all about trade-offs. Um, so you know, in choosing not to pursue this route, we're not saying that. Uh, we, on the other hand, have a silver bullet or a perfect material, but there are some very specific reasons why uh, we didn't believe the trade-offs uh, of the biodegradable plastics were um, met our company standards. And I, I can re let Ron dive into that a little more. Yeah, no, thanks, James. Um, so, you know, I think with, with all packaging, we as consumers, and as companies, everyone wants to feel guilt-free about it, right? We want to be able to consume and not have environmental impacts. And unfortunately, that's just not the case with any type of packaging. And as James said, all types of packaging, whether it be glass, metal, paper, plastic, uh, flexible plastics, they all have trade-offs. And so that's really where um, the conversation starts. Um, and then from you know, a consumer standpoint, the idea of biodegradability, uh, I think, is very appealing, right? Like the concept of, hey, we've produced something and then it just you know, breaks down and, and goes back into the earth. That's a, a great concept. I think in reality, we have to think of the different types of waste systems that things are going into. So it's going into a compost facility versus a landfill. The environment in which the product is breaking down is different. 
Um, and then also when you say biodegradable, there's also uh, the location itself. So if it's a extremely hot environment with lots of moisture versus an extremely cold environment, there's going to be different breakdown periods. And then what is breaking down and then what time period? And so, for example, we have uh, petroleum-based plastics, and then you could have a plant-based plastics. When you break down a petroleum-based plastic, you are actually breaking down what is a, uh, a material that's actually storing carbon in it, right? So a plastic that doesn't break down, that's a carbon store. Same with a plant-based product that doesn't break down. The difference that we see is that when you use a plant-based product, and that breaks down, you become carbon neutral because it was something that came from the earth and then is breaking back down that would have already broken back down. With petroleum-based products, they are not carbon neutral because uh, petroleum is, is a carbon store. And so that's not breaking down in our environment, but when you turn it into a plastic and then add an additive that breaks it down, we then are releasing uh, carbon into the environment that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And so those are some some kind of like key things to think about. Now, I want to bring uh, up the fact of where some companies conventionally would just think, well, for this kind of packaging, it's practicality, it's for reliability, it's for the fact that, you know, if it's going to just serve the purpose of, okay, is it going to keep something fresh? If it's going to be something that if you drop it, it's going to, you know, maintain whatever is inside of the packaging. Those kind of things are brought in. But it's always a thought that sustainability, unfortunately, has been secondary. Yeah, that's that's completely true. And even beyond things um, like product freshness, when you're looking specifically at cannabis packaging, there's a whole slew of other things that are also um, so that sometimes have to take precedence over sustainability from the point of view of uh, the company or brand purchasing the packaging. And a lot of that comes down to regulation. So uh, beyond product freshness, things like child resistance certification, um, that requires uh, the use of, of extra material, thicker materials, and that can also be a hindrance to sustainability. So there's just, there's a lot of factors to take into consideration when looking at uh, cannabis packaging specifically. So the idea is you're looking to reduce the impact of single-use packaging, leading the cannabis industry towards a sustainable future. And you're de designing and developing packaging for a circular economy using 100% plant-based hemp plastic, 100% reclaimed ocean plastic, and other sustainable materials, and also made in the USA. So you're supporting domestic agriculture, domestic manufacturing, commitment to sustainability going beyond simply offering ecologically conscious products and that you also talk about that packaging should be regenerative and help heal the environment through its life cycle. So when you look at uh, when the companies might look to you for packaging, give me the really just what stands out because you would almost wish that some of these companies would just not even have to think about this issue. They just say, well, you go to a company like sauna because you are thinking on the environment. They don't necessarily have to, but they should go ahead and reach out with someone that does. I think that's exactly what sets us apart from a lot of other packaging providers is that we start every uh, sales conversation um, learning about you know that particular lead's uh, understanding of sustainability and sustainability needs because 
needs differ uh, across communities and regions. And really everything we do comes, you know, at least with, with customers from a sales perspective really comes from a point of uh, wanting to educate them about the complexities of the uh, materials, uh, of the regulations, of the waste management streams that uh, these packaging products interact with. And uh, our goal is to build a level of, of trust there uh, so that they do trust that we are you know, continually seeking to improve our materials as well as working um, on a, from a broader perspective on shaping the regulatory uh, future of the industry as well as doing our best to address uh, some of those issues with the waste management system, whether it's by uh, continually exploring new and innovative materials or even um, you know, doing things like uh, uh, we recently applied and received a grant to uh, start remanufacturing uh, cannabis packaging in the state of Colorado with spent cannabis packaging and, uh, you know, thus moving one step closer to uh, circularity. But really, this is this is all to say that that initial educational conversation um, really is us saying that we know it's not perfect, but we are going to continue on your behalf and our behalf working to address these issues. And that's what you're doing right now. You have just recently released the first in the cannabis industry's concentrate lid made from 100% ocean-bound and reclaimed ocean plastic. So, first of all, I mean, talk to me about being able to go ahead and gather those kind of resources to be able to go ahead and put together a product like this concentrate lid. I can, I can jump in here. So, you know, unfortunately, because of our waste systems not working properly, uh, we end up having a lot of plastic out in our waterways. Um, and so with that, there's several companies out there that are collecting, cleaning, processing that material and putting it into a form that can be remanufactured. And you know, the, the thing with, with ocean-bound material, like any type of material, there's a ton of concerns around how is that material getting collected? Who is collecting it? What is that person getting paid? Uh, what is their work environment like? And so that's that's a really important thing to us beyond just the sustainability aspect of it is actually looking at the whole picture of the supply chain um, and, and how is that material getting from point A to point B. And you know the, the reason we've uh, gone so far in with reclaimed ocean-bound material is that we see you know, the, one of the biggest things out there for us as a society is that we have for dealing with Plastics is recycling and that system isn't working because there's not enough demand for recycled content. So the, the concept of producer responsibility is something that we believe very strongly in. And so as a company putting out single use packaging, we wanna make sure that we're trying to use those resources that are currently available and support the systems that we have already to, to deal with these and hopefully be a catalyst to those systems uh, functioning better. But now as a whole, I think about last year when there was the whole thought process in various states and different uh, cities where they wanted to outlaw plastic straws and go to paper. And so we've seen quite of that for, you know, say a lot of restaurants. That's just a small example. 
But I'm looking at that, I'm saying, does that really make much of a dent in terms of the amount of plastic getting thrown into the ocean? Thus taking away some of the ocean plastic you have to put together containers or lids like you're doing now. Yes. Go ahead, Ron. Oh, yeah. So the, 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 the straw issue is a very interesting one because it's a very uh, – became uh, a huge focal point across the country. Of people oh, yeah. Saying, hey, like this is going on. And in reality, that is, I think, you know, very, very small, less than like a tenth of percent of the amount of uh, plastic that's going into the ocean. So, But it you got know, so much of the press coverage. Exactly. And so for us, it's like, it's one of those things where awareness is great, but I also think it might be a distraction to uh, some of the larger issues going on. And so, you know, you kind of take the, the, the awareness part of it. And then now it's about actually having the conversation about, you know, there's uh, several things beyond straws that uh, we need to be concerned about. Can I ask you this question? Because it's really important. It's a little bit off to a tangent, but it goes down to the whole story of how you have certain companies or certain causes that we were learning are more of a performative aspect than they are truly understanding, thinking through, brainstorming, and realizing what what actually benefits the environment or what benefits, say, climate change, things like that. That people will just say certain things and it's just lip service as opposed to those doing the research, looking at the products that are available and looking at the resources available and making something good out of something that's done, that's gone bad. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think, you know, there's definitely things like greenwashing and lip service going on surrounding uh, the public narrative around something that in the grand scheme of things is a small drop in the bucket, like plastic straws. At the same time, though, that is ultimately a positive movement because, A, it's getting people to think about something that they don't typically think about. And then, B, uh, you know, in terms of developing a circular economy for materials like plastics, um, one, of, one of the key factors of that is eliminating unnecessary use of plastic. So even if it's small, Eliminating plastic straws is, you know, eliminating perhaps uh, an unnecessary use of plastic. Um, and from that perspective, I think it can be seen as, as a positive along with getting people to think about it. But there's no denying that, you know, the level of media attention being given to um, such a proportionally small piece of the puzzle is, is quite imbalanced. I want to bring one of the, the products you've brought to market that people are going to take a look at is the first reclaimed ocean plastic jars, the Sana Ocean Jar 4. And Ron, you actually made a quote there that really just says everything. I'm like, you're doing, you know, you're making good products. But then the other part is, like I said, if you're doing the onus that the, these big, these bigger companies that are going to take your product and put it into their you know, to go ahead and put their packaging, their branding around the products you're creating. You said it yourself, quote, with the help of our incredible customers, Sana Packaging has already removed more than 58 tons or 116,000 pounds of plastic waste from the oceans. So that's, again, that's the size of like 30 cars, 30 mid-size automobiles. That's what you've taken out of the ocean. That's yeah. very commendable. That is 
That is out of date now. I think now, <laughs> now that's quite out of date. Now we're up to um, well over, uh, we calculated this quarterly, so we haven't uh, done our Q4 calculation yet, but Q3, we were up to 155 tons. So oh about, about triple was listed there. Cause I think that uh, the press release you're referring to is, is uh, a little old. No, 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 right. And I appreciate that. So you've tripled the amount. See, the thing is I'm talking about here is that we, we don't need, uh, listen, God bless you, Greta Thunberg, for you know being a, a voice of change. But this is real change, okay? Let's just be honest with each other. When we're talking about the cannabis industry and actually doing, where you're doing something for the industry and helping the environment. Like, this is where everybody talks about with this industry when it comes to social equity, when it comes to, you know, disenfranchising uh, citizens, to helping the environment and sustainability and not putting pesticides out there, not putting certain things. So there's talk and there's action, and Sana is providing action. I agree. We certainly appreciate that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, th I think, you know, it goes back to that idea of producer responsibility and building a business that, you know, obviously we're a for-profit company, but we have other motivations besides just profit. And so our business model, our decisions, everything that we do is based upon uh, looking at what will be profitable, but also what allows us to be a steward for the environment. And I think that's where the cannabis industry represents an opportunity to you know, kind of rebuild these business models, reimagine what the margins need to be so that price of a product also takes into account the negative externalities that the production of that product um, creates. So I wanna go and direct people to the website, sanapackaging.com, S-A-N-A packaging.com. Listen, if I saw your packaging put on some of these products on store shelves, I don't think anybody would make any would even take a second glance. Just the fact that it's durable, it's quality, and you're doing something to go and, you know to contribute to sustainability, which we I hear about all the time on the program. Hell, I, I mean, if I have if our NCI program says it one more time about sustainability, like they're making the point across, and it's true. So, talk to our listeners real quick about SanaPackaging.com and some of the products you provide, and you know. Take a minute to talk to maybe those companies out there that might be considering that or should consider what you're doing, not in terms of what the products are, but what the purpose is behind the products. James, you want to take that one or you want me to hop in there? Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and jump in, Ron. Cool. So, yeah, you know, on our website, we have a variety of products. All of them, you know, specific are in our opinion, specifically made to address a, spe a specific environmental issue. And really, you know, for, for all of our customers and everyone out there thinking about packaging, what type of packaging to buy, um, there's traditionally packaging has been a low cost item and always is driving towards the, you know, a low cost commodity basically. And I think for us and what we want to see in the future is that the price of the product accounts for all of the things that we as a society no longer are, are having issues with um, and in, from an environmental uh, standpoint. And so, yeah, our, our whole team is committed to this and uh, we'd love to you know, hear from you and, and anyone out there who has questions. Um, our main goal is not to sell a product, but to educate and make sure that people are, are finding the right fit for themselves. And so um, that's what we're here to do and hopefully you know, we'll continue to do that. Yeah, and one one thing I would add is uh, we also work with uh, 
a, a pretty robust network of like-minded companies to broaden our offerings. So we have partners that we work with for things like hemp paperboard. If our customers need outer packaging, uh, we work with another company to source uh, high content recycled glass jars uh, that complement products of ours like the uh, ocean bound and reclaimed ocean plastic screw top lids. And then we also, um, from a, you know, we really pride ourselves on our uh, customer service and also provide a, a robust set of uh, custom printing and labeling services that we also do through a trusted network of, of partners. That's wonderful. It's, it's a lot of things being considered and you're answering a lot of solutions. You're giving a lot of solutions for those that are industry are looking for, again, for, is to put all the work you've done for marketing and branding and all the things you've done to, you know, it, I mean, even the level of, of what you might want to go, if some companies want to contribute a portion of proceeds or any particular cause, but helping the environment and doing what you're doing here by working with Sana Packaging just makes sense. And that's why I think it was good to go and have both you, James Eichner, and Ron Bassick-Smith joining us here on the program to go and talk about packaging and the importance of sustainability. And I appreciate you both taking time out. Again, the website is sanapackaging.com, S-A-N-A, packaging.com. Thank you both, gentlemen, for being on with me. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.